Welcome to the underground, the Steel City Underground, the black and gold standard for Pittsburgh Steelers coverage. Now, here's your host, Joe Kuzma and Brian E. Roach. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Steel City Underground podcast. My name is Joe Kuzma, and I'm joined here by my colleague, my buddy, my pal, my Valentine one, Mr. Brian E. Roach. Brian, what's going on? I, I will not be yours. <laughs> I kind of wondered. You're like the get off my lawn kind of old man, kind of uh, Dennis the Menace, Mr. Wilson type. What would you give out on the candy hearts? What would yours say? Like, go away, like grumpy cat kind of Valentine's? Uh, I, I would I would not give them candied hearts. I would just say happy Ludicritalia, and I can't remember what it's actually called, which is the original Roman holiday that St. Valentine's Day is based on. And then I would chop their heads off for being on my lawn. <laughs> Jeez, okay. Put it on a pike so everyone else that goes by is uh, stay away from the Roach residents. You know, we had an article up on, we do this every year at Still City Underground, and we did not get your contribution this week because, of course, you and I have both been running around like chickens with our heads cut off uh, when it comes to the schedule. So we were trying to come in the middle of the week. Sorry, folks, we're here at the end of the week. But we could still tell you that the Super Bowl sucked and... Uh, who our favorites, who the Steelers were in love with right now. Valentine's are in the air. So, Brian, I picked three, and I'm curious okay. if we got any overlap. Uh, I'm putting you on the spot because this wasn't on the, on the docket, but who are the Steelers you're well, in love with right now? If you could it, narrow it down to three. Until Cam's not there, Cam's always going to be one of my guys. Of right? course. Um, so let's just let's just move past uh, the the grown ass man, the, the current Walter Payton Award winner, finally after many years when he should have won it, finally he has. Six so good, times. good, good. Uh, Keanu Benton, one of mine, and Joey Porter Jr. That's another one of mine. Uh, I had to, <clears throat> excuse me, I had a technicality on this one because uh, he's on the roster right now, scheduled to be a free agent. But I'm sure you could guess who my other uh, bromance is with. One, one, one Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. That's correct, my friend. I'm so happy for him. He's like at the top of my list. Joey Porter's got that dog in him, just like his dad. Like, I, I know a lot of people were already kind of um, infatuated with him. They wanted the Steelers to draft him just based on name. A lot of folks out there. I, I'm under the impression, though, that a lot of Steelers fans are, you've got maybe four main college teams they root for. And, of course, there's Steelers fans in Ohio and right on the state border. So you got Ohio State and you got... Uh, right within the Big Ten, you got Penn State. So that throws Joey Porter right in there. And then, of course, West Virginia and Pitt, the old backyard brawl. So uh, with between those four teams, it's like it isn't a wonder that some people are in love with, like, Kenny Pickett. I don't know that that love affair is still there like it was last year. But there is, you know. I don't have a romance with Kenny Pickett right now. <laughs> you know what's funny? Myself, uh, Tina Rivers, who does a lot of the writing content over at SteelCityUnderground.com, and yourself, we all snubbed somebody. We snubbed TJ Watt. He gets another snub. He gets a snub for the Valentines from Steel City Underground. It's just that he's so good. We just overlook him, I think. I, I definitely don't overlook TJ, <laughs> and, and I love TJ, but I can only pick, like, one vet as far as I'm concerned, right? Because oh, okay. then it's the up-and-coming guys. And so Cam's just the man. Cam's my man. Cam's always been my man. Cam will remain my man until Cam decides to hang him up. At that point, it might be TJ that steps in. Curious, why'd you pick Benton? I just really like what he showed us last season, right? 
I think I think he's he's GAM too, right? He is he is the guy that can step in when Cam finally hangs him up. And I just super impressed with a kid that comes in um, and does the job he did. Uh, just like the dog that's in him. I like the drive that's in him. I think he's he's got nowhere to go but up. Yeah, I'm totally with you on that. And it, I think it was more, and this is like where I go. And I'm going to talk about TJ here for a second. I know I talked about TJ last week. I did it solo. But myself, it's like defending your picks, right? If Joey Porter Jr., he's got to be good. It's a, that's who you're mocking to the Steelers. Well, the whole way, I think we had a pretty uh, a pretty big, um, what do you want to say, infatuation with Keanu Benton if he would be there. And oh, yes. it just it blew my mind that they were able to get the three guys they got in the top 50. They, they, you know, this year's draft, we could talk, we'll be talking about a lot. <laughs> Coming up, people already got their mock drafts out. We don't even know. We don't even have a combine yet. But free agency's looming. That's going to be the big one. But talk about snubbing TJ Watt. How'd you feel about that one? Because there isn't a single, like this is the way I put it, Brian, they gave it to Miles Garrett based on almost pass rush win rate, almost sacks. Do you think that matters more than actual sacks <laughs> aside from let the me, other stats? <laughs> let me, let me caveat everything that I will say with this. Mm -hmm. Of the people nominated for that award, all of them are deserving of the award, right? There isn't anybody on there that should have been like, what the hell is this guy doing on there? He shouldn't be there, right? All of them are, are outstanding, stellar, um, defensive players. They are impactful. They're game changers. They're game wreckers. All that's true, right? Now, should Miles Garrett have won this award? This is just my opinion. My opinion is... <laughs> thank I, you I, I didn't know where you were going with that I was about to be like okay folks last ever show that we're doing here <laughs> it is it's and it's not about homerism it's not like I don't believe that made up PFFs BS stats should be what determine the award I don't believe that because he is the best player on what was for many parts of the year the best defense means he should win the award mm. to me it is much more um, impactful to have the best player on a defense that's not the best defense, a guy who still is changing the game because he's going to get the focus, he's going to get the attention, and that is not saying Miles doesn't get attention and Miles doesn't get focus. TJ gets chipped just as much as Miles. I don't care what Micah Parsons says. Screw you. Um, he gets just as much attention as, as a, a game wrecker and a game changer, and he didn't vanish during the end yeah, of the season. Yeah, it's the big one. Right? And, and that is not new with Miles Garrett, by the way. Miles Garrett compiles a bunch of stats early in the season and end of the season. Woo, so tired. Can't do anything else. I don't know. I don't know. Look, I'm not degrading Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett is a stellar talent. He is a generational talent. He's a great player. No question about it. And I'm not going to get into the debate of who's better, TJ or Miles. That's not the question. Who was better last year? Forget the, the surrounding nonsense. Who was the more impactful defensive player last year? In my mind, real, honest-to-God stats are what should be measured, not wizardly potion stats from the people at PFF who are all insane. And... So it should have been TJ. Am I like gonna go burn down the 
NFL yes, because you should. they didn't win? No. I, it, look, I like the idea that TJ can be mad next year. <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I kind of like that idea. Go ahead, ignore him, and what do you do when he, when he has 35 sacks next year, right? Uh, okay, then you can't ignore him anymore, right? I, I'm okay with it. It's like, I, do I agree with it? Absolutely not. Do I care? Probably not that much. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I probably give him more energy to this than I'd like. I think that a guy was just saying it feels good. Like when you're talking about Joey Porter Jr. and Keanu Benton being like, hey, we had these guys. They were they were on our radar and look how well they did. And that makes us look right and look smart. And I feel like that's the way these awards have gone, because giving four of these out to the Cleveland Browns, and Kevin Stefanski coach of the year, along with this over D'Amico Ryan's. I think and that's. Ridiculous. Dan Campbell, Dan Campbell won. They won more games. Both of those guys won their division. Took teams that hadn't previously been anywhere near the play, sniffed the playoffs in the last few years. Uh, I think the Texans a lot more sooner than I think it was since 1993 or something that the Lions had actually won their division. Uh, Jim Schwartz. Now you said it, top defense, but were they? Because they gave up. Uh, they didn't give up yards, but they gave up points. And they had a little bend, not break sometimes when it came to the Browns. So Jim Schwartz did well, and I, if, but they're definitely guys. You got uh, Callahan, who was the OC with the Bengals. You got Ben Johnson, OC with the Lions. You got some other assistants when it comes to the assistants of the year. I, I find it harder for me. I struggle more arguing against Jim Schwartz. I will give Jim Schwartz, you know, the credit where credit's due and not just Homer against him. But Stefanski, like, won by, like, uh, he had, like, one or two more first-place votes than Ryan's did, and that's how the this weighted scale of the votes went. And the same thing with Garrett. Like, uh, Garrett versus Watt, you know, Garrett didn't have a sack last six, one sack last six games of the regular season. I'll continue to remind people it was against Trevor Simeon of the Jets, not Aaron Rodgers or Zach Wilson or whoever else they had there as a quarterback. And the Browns were up three scores when that sack occurred already. And I will also remind them, too, that TJ Watt drops into coverage. So Miles Garrett does not. So who really has more of an opportunity to uh, on their on their reps to go after the quarterback who's tasked more frequently with just going after the quarterback it's two different positions it makes it difficult but i you you're right in that garrett's impactful but sure as hell didn't show in the various ways that we really measure impact whether that be sacks tackles tackles for loss quarterback hits gets there sometimes but the thing is it's like usually when tj's doing this same thing and, and racking up the stats he's not the only one on his team racking up the stats the browns didn't have anybody else really racking up the stats even zadarius smith uh i think like maybe six and a half sacks or something like that and, and steelers weren't like blitz heavy and had a lot of sacks this year either but you at least know that alex highsmith you know he got a lot of praise and he had a very high win rate i'm wondering why he wasn't defense player of the year and then the final one brian was I know some sorry folks I'm not trying to be a broken record from the last show we're gonna get to the free agents too trust me it's going somewhere because we're talking about some of this because somebody will be like well if they sign Joe Flacco Joe Flacco is the comeback player of the year was pretty much joke I think you and I may have had a little talk about this otherwise um, because we we watched Jalen Hurts uh, and the Eagles lose to Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team obviously they won their division by <clears throat> default they. <laughs> They wouldn't have made it if they were in the AFC, obviously. Right. And but Baker uh, throwing over four thousand yards, not having a bunch of turnovers, however many touchdowns, everything he had, he was uh, 
it was a terrible segue, but I'm still going to use it. He was left for dead. And then there was a guy that was actually dead. Actually dead. Yeah. yeah there's the guy that was actually dead <laughs> and came back to play. I think that how, how much more can you define comeback player of the year? Hi, I have risen from the dead. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's, it's so uh, the love affair with just the Cleveland thing. I mean, I had Flacco uh, projected over a 17 game season. I think he threw. Oh, let me pull it up real quick because I don't want to misquote this. Well, why as, while as you're pulling statistics. it up? Let yeah, me just say go for it. The national media, mm -hmm. PFF, all these, all, they have had their heads so far up the Browns' ass for the last two or three or four or five seasons, anointing them Super Bowl champions in the preseasons. Uh, just all over them. They want the Browns to win a Super Bowl so bad. They want the Browns to be pertinent and be meaningful so bad so that they can all go, see, we knew what we were the Browns have gotten a, to be a much better team than they were. They are a legitimate team, not taking anything away from them mm -hmm. in that sense. But please, come on. They, you know, they're not the creme de la creme of the NFL. They just aren't. Uh, best of the year. You would think it would be, oh, I don't know, a team that wins their conference team that's actually going to be in the Super Bowl. That's part of the problem of them um, voting for these awards even before postseason, I know they want it to be a regular season award or whatever, but still miles Garrett in the regular season, it's six games, five games without a sack. And I've showed you many times all the numbers uh, go back on one of the previous episodes about how he's just not, he, he, it's not there. Like he disappears late in the season every single year. And to me, that's not a defensive player of the year. It's gotta be somebody that wrecks a game every single game. And Micah Parsons saying that he's just, that guy's jelly too. In fact, I probably wouldn't have given it to him. I would have rather, you know, somebody like Ma Trey Hendrickson's an outlier on that, but Max Crosby had a really damn good year. If you're going to, I didn't have as much problem when TJ didn't win it the other years when it was like Stefan Gilmore, Aaron Donald, those guys had fantastic seasons. Garrett did not jump off the page whatsoever. I'm sorry. And the Browns won a lot. They, they won some close games by the skin of their teeth, which leads me to Flacco. His projected uh, 27 picks over a 17 game season. Okay. There's only two guys in the last 20 years or this century that have thrown that many or, or that more than 27 interceptions. One was Jameis Winston back in 2019. He had like 30 of them. And then you got to go back to like 06 or 08 or something like that. Whenever Brett Favre was still hanging around and he had like 28 Eli Manning somewhere in the middle there, like 2013 had 27 as well. And nobody else you get up to like 24, 25. Most of those guys are getting benched. You know what I mean? They're not going to be still out there. So uh, that's what really like you have this short window. It's like 13 touchdowns. Okay. Eight interceptions. We know he's a turnover machine. He's just carefree throwing it all around the field. What'd that do for you in the postseason? You don't have that postseason game to use as a benchmark there. So uh, what we do have though, segueing now to the Steelers stuff, we don't want Joe Flacco. <laughs> no. That's for sure. Um, I don't want Ryan Tannehill either. I may as well get your thoughts on that because that's about the closest guy. He's the one that's available. I don't want Justin Fields. We talked about him. I don't want Kirk Cousins. I don't want Russell Wilson. I don't want any of these guys. Like everybody just needs to lay off, you know? I'm gonna tell you, I will, I will I give credit where credit is due. When when one of the you know beat writers nails something, I I I will tell you that I think they nailed something. And Mark Caboli's article about what they need to do is dead on, right? 
if they legitimately are going to make the quarterback competition a actual competition, there is only one person in the entire league that makes sense for them to bring into that room, and it's Mason Rudolph. That's it. Now, if Mason goes elsewhere for whatever reason, forget it. Either you're going to replace Pickett or you've just said Pickett's the guy. Ryan Tannehill is not competition for Kenny Pickett. That it, He is a journeyman past his prime, maybe you mm-hmm. know decent backup, but Joe Flacco-esque in the sense that he couldn't beat out Levi Strauss. So forget it. He's not competition for Kenny Pickett. If you go out and get Justin Fields, you're saying Justin Fields is your quarterback. You're not saying Kenny Pickett is going to compete with Justin Fields because you're going to have to give up capital to get him. It's not, you know, it's not a veteran signing, right? The guy who has proved he can give Kenny Pickett competition is Mason Rudolph. And that's that's it. So if you're going to sign Mason, you don't sign you you can sign Ryan Tannehill and make him your third quarterback, right? I don't care about that. But you're not going to spend a good amount of money to do that, right? Mason and Kenny should be the competition. If it's anything else, it's not a competition. Yep, and we've talked about that. We don't really want to have a three, like three-headed monster three-way split or anything. It doesn't do any good for the third quarterback. It probably doesn't do any good for QB1. The only guy that really it does any well for is if you have a QB2. And yeah, Mason Caboli, I'll give credit to. He's probably the only other guy that's been like the flag bearer for Mason Rudolph other than myself. So he's he's been, uh, it, it, we see eye to eye on a lot of this stuff. And I agree because like, again, if either of those guys fail, then you're having a bad season. You're drafting a lot higher. And maybe you're in shot of one of these quarterbacks. People are like, it's a very quarterback deep draft. And I'm like, let me remind you, the last quarterback deep draft was like Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, Lamar Jackson. Okay. A couple of those guys went later. Mason Rudolph was the sixth of those guys. We, you know, you still don't know if the, is that a deep draft? There aren't very many guys that go outside the first round. Dak Prescott, because he had whatever off-field things that were influencing his, um, you know, he kept falling because of whatever, and it was nonsense. And there's a guy that probably had a um, as good of a, um, what do you want to say, argument to be the league MVP as well uh, over even Lamar Jackson. But a lot of people weren't picking the Cowboys to be the winners. So let me, let me, because this will segue into what, we're, we're talking about yes there is no more definitive uh you know example of how hit or miss quarterbacks in the first round are than the fact that mitch trubisky was taken ahead of patrick mahomes oh, yeah and i know people think mahomes is interesting like you know because he switched colleges and everything like that and where he fell and yeah i remind you mac jones was in the same territory so, I mean, you just never, but, I, you know, if you're going to get a quarterback, people will continue. How do you feel about this, Brian? The people that say that Kenny Pickett was a uh, third round quarterback or would have fell into the third round. I don't find that. I think if don't he slides, I, I don't either. I think he slides into like around 30. Trubisky was what, what, number two? What's that? He was the second round. He was the second pick in the draft, Trubisky? Yeah. And you're going to tell me Trubisky has more potential or had more potential or showed more potential than Kenny Pickett? No, you're full of it. Here's the thing. There are other positions that were important in that draft, 
And there were less people who were quarterback needy mm -hmm. in that draft. And there were less quarterbacks in that draft. Does Kenny Pickett slide to the second round? Maybe. Does he slide to the third? No, forget it. No way. They're not the first quarterback taken in that draft is not going to be in the third round. <laughs> yeah, and not only that, uh the, there were a lot of teams with multiple picks and they, we that's how we figured that Kenny could be there at 20. We thought yeah. a couple of teams like the Panthers or Saints or somebody could have taken a stab, but more than likely somebody else might have moved up into the first round to get that fifth year option type thing or they would have moved up higher into the second like we saw like you know, Derek Carr, I think, was picked like 33 or something like that years ago with the Raiders or yeah. uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. That's the thing that gets me, too. Oh, we don't, you know, people think that Mason Rudolph's going to get this huge contract. So this goes into this, who stays, who goes, who's already gone. Um, who's already gone is Mitch Trubisky, which I think we should have never been extended last year. Uh, paid him more money, still has some dead hits. Yeah, but it's it's really not that bad. I mean, you know, it could be worse. They're not damaged by the Mitch Trubisky contract. So the fact that they cut bait, I'm happy they cut bait. Could you trust ever playing him again? Not in a million years. No. Look, you you, you saw look, Mitch Trubisky almost played himself out of the league in his time with the Steelers. Whether you want to blame Matt Canada, whether you want to blame Mitch, whether you want to blame the offensive line, whatever you want to blame, right? Mitch was god-awful. He he maybe had two or three drives that were quality in his time here. The rest of it, it just was crap. He was terrible. Two or three. Two or three is, are we being generous? <laughs> maybe. Um, so, the, you know, you, you, you're talking about a guy who... You could never have, with any sense of confidence, put him back in a game and thought, yeah, we got a chance with him. You, Your team was never going to believe that. The fact that he got voted captain is, is now still makes me confused, right? He just must be a hell of a nice guy and have shown the right leadership capabilities and other things because I guarantee you there's no way he was getting that that C later on again, right? Um, it just was bad, and he should have been absolutely cut, which he was. I get it. The first year, you don't know. You got the whole Matt Canada controversy. You got offensive line problems. You just don't know, right? The second year, seeing what he he actually was worse, and it's hard to imagine that <laughs> because yeah. he was so bad the first year. But he was worse last year. So, yeah, you you just got to cut bait. And that's what they did. So, you know. Yeah, agreed. man. And, and it was the cap number. I'm like, uh, they signed Rudolph first last year. Oh, you know, like what, a day or two ahead. Else. Go ahead. What? I, so I read this one article where the, somebody was, was pontificating and complaining about all of the armchair... Steelers experts, which by the way, that's us. Like, here's an armchair. I'm sitting in it. We're an armchair. We're armchair Steelers experts, right? We're praising the Mitch Trubisky signing as a Steelers. That's a Steelers signing, a la Jerome Bettis, a la, you know, no, this guy, no. La, Jerome Bettis uh, was already you know, James a Ferry. I know Jerome, Jerome Bettis was not a pro bowler or an all pro already, like as a rookie or yeah. second year at the Rams. But here's the thing nobody here ever said that. I don't know where people were. I mean, maybe there were crazy people out there in the world going, I don't know. Mitch might turn it around. 
We said at the very beginning, both you and I said, at best, he can be a bridge quarterback until Kenny's ready. You're not going to win anything with him, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. But he might be able to get you through until Kenny's ready. That's what we said. Nobody thought this was the savior of signings. I, I you know, I just that that annoyed the the crap out of me when I was reading that. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say with that? So yeah, that that is it's the same thing. You know what, dude? I'm dealing with that same thing right now with the Justin Fields stuff. Everyone, there's a few people that are out there that are actually of the same mindset as I am, but he's had like 38 starts, not as many as Trubisky had, but close. So you have a good idea who he is. I've said it a million times, the last 28 games, one 300-yard pass game. But Joe, he he runs the football. Oh, he does, but he didn't do as well with that last year as he did the year before. And he's a turnover machine. When he runs the football, he also tends to put it on the ground. He has, let me see, do I have, I'm trying to find the actual numbers, but I think I got to find it under rushing and receiving. 38 fumbles on 356 carries. Would you put a running back on the field that has that many fumbles? You know, I finally went into Slack the other day, our, our little back channel yeah. uh, thing, and I saw Tina's little uh, visual for Mass with Brian. We should use that. I liked it. Uh, anyway, maths with. I'll see if I can maths. find it. We need the maths. Okay, <laughs> math, math, math. It's coming. I got maths with. I always have maths with Joe up first. Here we go. I know. Well, you know, you're. Hey, you know what? I gotta, I gotta jump in too. There was somebody I was talking to on Facebook just like the other day that commented, replied back to me in one of these uh, Steeler groups, and it just said maths with Joe, and it was this <laughs> Justin Fields stuff already. <laughs> so, so here you yes. go, maths with Brian. How many carries did you say he had? Three hundred and. 50 something uh 356 356 38 fumbles that means by doing mass one out of every 10 carries he fumbles the ball yeah actually more i know it's like 11 it's or 12 percent somewhere in there if we're that, gonna look you know, if we're gonna go that I, i'm gonna route. stick to exactly what i said before all right if you can get Justin Fields for nothing, right? Third round pick, something that isn't really devastatingly impactful to you, I'm okay with it. It's only if they haven't been able to sign Mason, right? Because who knows? With Arthur Smith, a guy who's who's got the history with mobile quarterbacks, maybe he does something with Justin Fields. <laughs> We saw Justin Fields play at Ohio State. We know that he can play, right? Maybe he can't play in the NFL. But if, if they don't sign Mason, they're screwed anyway because uh, I don't think Kenny's the guy right now. And we'll see. Kenny's not as mobile, but he does turn the ball over less, right? So it's it's I'd be okay with it, but only if it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg, right? This All these trade things for Justin Fields where people are giving up high second-round picks or – Low first round. Forget that. No, no, no. If if nobody wanted him, and then we could get him for next to nothing, cool. I'm in. Right yeah. now, is he is he competition? Because you were saying Tannehill is it Tannehill and Tannehill give up 
what they're talking about he's not competition well that's the difference depending on compensation if they were to give up a first round pick now all of a sudden you're trying to say this guy is qb1 and nobody's giving up around a first round pick because they you all know the bears for him are stuck now he's competition right yeah. you don't have the same amount of investment in him that makes you go i gotta play this guy to see what he's got you remember who the steelers got in the third round last year or even fourth round or well, those middle rounds darnell washington wasn't my wasn't well yeah washington and then nick, herbig, nick, herbig was fourth right yeah nick herbig are you willing yeah. to give them up for a guy that's going to sit on the bench that has how many 40 touchdowns the 30 picks I, and 38 fumbles and has been sacked 135 times i i am willing to take a chance on justin fields for third round yeah i'm not willing to take that same chance for second or first so do you think that that chance will let's talk about this when does this ever work out are there really like okay jared goff and matt stafford were already doing well respectively and swapped because stafford put up a lot of stats but with a bad team goff had already led his to the super bowl once so i don't look at that drew Brees was already a good player when he left the chargers they went the direction of philip rivers right let's 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 frame this argument in the correct light yeah none of this is a savior move okay okay and then none of those guys are justin fields justin either fields, it's a bridge it's a stopgap. it's saying we don't have the guy right now and we we need somebody so we're going to try this one and see what happens we're throwing the dice because we can't draft a quarterback in this draft we don't feel that that's the right move because that's starting from scratch this is a guy at least has some experience. We'll give it a shot, right? Again, all this is caveated on the fact that they didn't sign Mason. They signed Mason. I don't want Justin Fields. I've changed my mind on that. Um, that's good. I'm glad you've come around on that. Yeah, now, if, now, if but, they sign Mason, then that's it. That's what they, sh they should be done as far as competition goes. Yeah. Whatever else they add is just that's the third string guy. I didn't, yeah, that, they, that could come from anywhere as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I've said Dobbs, I've said a late round pick, somebody that barely throws the ball. If you get down to that third guy, it shouldn't be the expectation like Mason was. He came in and they actually won some games, uh, clutch games, two road games, make the postseason, right? Um, and, and that's where I'm at. Like Mason, okay, number one, why would I want Mason back? Some people are still hung on 2019 with Kareth White and Benny Snell running the ball and Nick Vanette, a uh, complete bum catching the ball as a tight end and Dante Moncrief and Tevin Jones and Johnny Holton and all these other guys that weren't very good, right? No quarterbacks coach. Randy Fickner is your OC. Okay. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo got traded from the New England Patriots. He had what? Three starts, four starts, and fewer than 100 pass attempts and landed like a $135 million contract or whatever it was with the 49ers. So, like, you just don't know. Like, there's short window. Well things invested people money. Very well invested. Exactly. That was, that was you're talking about return on investment there, my friend. Okay. But Jimmy Garoppolo never hit free agency. He was never available up until whatever trade or whatever transpired for him to go to San Francisco. Mason Rudolph was available for free agency and there were no one, no one was coming and knocking at the door. He may have had a Jehovah's witness or a door to door salesman or something like that but it wasn't any NFL teams other than the Steelers. So that's one thing I put in the side. I saw this report or supposedly Mason's looking for a fresh start. 
I would like to find out and don't send me one of these other blogs that are on equal footing with us that have, you know, we have more access than some of them. Okay. I'll go out and that's, that's the most I'll say. I won't tell you level of access, but a lot of them are, if they talk to anybody, that's a source, it's a janitor more than likely that either come from thin air or Mason's agent trying to drum up a market or interest because there wasn't any. And if any of these other quarterbacks we've just been talking about, Ryan Tannehill making about 30 million a year, Russell Wilson up to 40, 50 million a year, Justin Fields, final year of his rookie contract with a fifth year option, uh, Kirk Cousins earning 35 or so average per year and reset that market several years ago with that original three years, $96 million contract. Any of these guys are available, plus the teams that are already maneuvering for a draft pick, the Caleb Williams, the Penixes, the Knicks of the world. They're not really looking at Mason Rudolph, I think, in the grand scheme of things. And you still got like your journeymen's, your bridge kind of guys that are out there, like a Jacoby Brissett that'll be floating around. So I, I find it difficult thinking who the Steelers would sign or who the Steelers would bring in. I think it's got to be Mason. And I do think, unfortunately, it would have to be. But Tannehill could easily get a bigger offer somewhere. He'll get a bigger offer or a bigger number from somebody before Mason Rudolph will, based on the pecking order. I don't think Mason's going to get not, I'm not one sold of those. on that statement, though. That I'm, statement that Ryan Tannehill is going to get a better offer than Mason will right now. Look, I'm. you know I said last year, Mason had no place to go. And, and as much as I've been touting Mason is the only guy that's going to be legitimate competition for Kenny. I'm still not sold that Mason is a quality quarterback. That's going to be a guy, right? But he definitely showed enough at the end of the season to be given that opportunity. Right. But that's the difference between this year and last year, last year, Mason hadn't shown the last taste mm -hmm. in anybody's mouth about Mason Rudolph was not a good one. Right. This year, the last taste in people's mouths about Mason Rudolph is pretty much a good story, right? Yeah. Somebody's going to be willing to fork over more cash than they should for him. That being said, right, I still believe where Mason lands is with the Steelers. Art Rooney has said that they want him back. Like Tomlin, Tomlin has, said, has it. said that they want him Rudolph back. Rudolph has said it too. Rudolph has said he's willing to come back. He would like to stay. But... It doesn't mean it's going to happen, right? There is a absolute difference in the structure of the of the landscape this year than there was last year. There will be interest, and there wasn't last year. So anything could happen. If the Steelers can get it done, and if Mason is really willing to get it done, they get it done before free agency. And I, I'm going to tell you that if Mason gets into the free agent world, probably he's not signing here. Not because he doesn't want to, but because somebody's going to overpay. Um, or someone's going to, he's going to go out there and find out like a lot of these guys that what you think is out there isn't out there and that the Steelers had a decent offer. Now you got to weigh in all sorts of stuff. Are you moving from Western Pennsylvania? I don't, I don't think he has like family that ties him down. Like let's say a Tyson Alualu. Tyson Alualu stuck between Jacksonville, came to Pittsburgh, loved it, decided to come back. He was going to go back to Jacksonville, stuff like that, right? Um, state income taxes, just living in a different time zone, being homesick. You know what I mean? So wherever he has other roots and ties to could factor into that, but also most of that though, what's that 
money solves most of that. Money <laughs> money solves some of that. Well, not if you go to California and then they just take it like, okay, well, yeah. you're gonna make three million, you're gonna make three million more, but lose five million more in taxes. <laughs> it's a minus just, whatever. This um, is my this is my comparison, right? If I'm a if I'm a GM and I'm I need a quarterback, right? My quarterback is not good. I want another option for quarterback. Tannehill versus Rudolph. Who do I feel better about after last season? It's not Ryan Tannehill. No, it's not. But I'll tell you the same thing, like the bad taste thing. Now you've got it the other way with Kenny. And I don't think, in all fairness, I don't think you know 100% who Kenny is. At least, you know, one thing you know I about Kenny. That. Kenny is, he's got the intangible to win games, the gut, the be gutsy and not turn the ball over. But we haven't seen big plays. We've not seen any kind of numbers. We've seen me really, I hate mediocre now that we know means average below mediocre <laughs> uh, offensive performance. It, it, this was a regression, but I, I see Rudolph looking at this too and seeing what happened with Trubisky. Oh, Trubisky signs. And all of a sudden it's like, well, this quarterback fell on our lap. Whatever team you end up with, I don't know who, who's, quarterback needy right now um commanders somebody like that signs rudolph and is that a good situation brand new head coach and you know what i mean so a lot of that i think factors in too we don't know what the exit interview was like throw out people in the top 10 in the draft pecking order right they're not signing mason to a big contract to be their starter you think Probably. They, well, do you think they throw? But I guess it depends on the coaching philosophy. Is if you throw the rookie out immediately, or if you're going to have some type of competition? That's what they did. Uh, the Colts did with Gardner Minshew and then Anthony Richardson. And to be completely honest, when I look at the giant list of names that are here, as far as the free agent quarterbacks aside, it's money and it's uh, taking away from if you could find out if Kenny or Mason would be the guy. Uh, if you just move on from Mason, you're like, well, he's not the guy, and then you were wrong about that, and then Kenny really stinks. Do you want to be stuck with, I don't know, Kirk Cousins going to be expensive coming off a knee injury, 35, 36 years old? No, yeah. I think he goes back there to Minnesota, to be honest, anyways. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, we already talked about. Now, he's uh, he knows Arthur Smith's system. He might be somebody that could be player coach. Step... I would be fine. Let's say Ben was still here. I would be totally cool with Ryan Tannehill coming in and being a backup quarterback option. I don't want him to start four, five, six games if Kenny has another concussion. Kenny had a lot of injuries this year, too. There's a lot of parallels to the way Mason's career originally started, too. You've got um, Jacoby Brissett, Harrod Taylor, Marcus Mariota I've been out on for so, so long, Sam Darnold. Mayfield will go back uh, to Tampa. Drew Locke, Minshew. People are like, oh, Minshew's a gamer. Blah, blah, oh my God. Blah. I read like, somebody's article where they were like, oh, the Steelers managed to sign Gardner, Gardner Minshew. And I'm like, why in the world? I Look, I get it. He played well last year with the Colts. No, you don't sign Gardner Minshew. What's he won? Nothing. Forget it. No. He's still, he's a if little. he's too your guy dumb. as a, again, if you forget the competition thing. If you're just like, I need a veteran presence, okay, fine. If you can get him cheap. But I don't think you're going to get him cheap, right? I, it's just, forget it. No. S somebody in my pay he bounces around like Nick Foles. And I, I I'll tell you what, Minshew, as opposed to most of everyone I just named on this list, I'd probably, I don't want him in a comp. It's the same thing as Tannehill. I don't want him starting multiple games. If it's just somebody you plug in for a couple games and that's it, then he's like a Charlie Batch. He's like a Byron Leftwich. I'm yeah. I'm more comfortable Here's, with that. I, I'm going to tell you what I, I've said this before about Kenny, and I'm going to say it again. You're right because I want to get this out because, as you were mentioning, I'm 
not out on Kenny, right? Kenny still has potential. And there are some intangibles that you saw. Here's the problem. I was in a conversation with a guy in Atlanta who's a Steelers fan when I was in Atlanta last week. And, and he's like, what's the deal with Kenny Pickett? And I said, well, what do you think the deal is with Kenny Pickett? And he's like, I don't think he's very good. And I'm like, I don't think we can say that yet one way or the other. And I said, here's why. He's shown the ability to do good things. The problem is he has definitely shown less of that than he has shown of that, right? It's it's three quarters of suck with a quarter of, wow, that was really good. And somehow that magic that he sometimes be is able to, to conjure in the fourth quarter has to start translating to full games. If it never does, then he is not the guy, yep. right? He's just not, you know, you cannot, you cannot consistently win in this league if you suck for three quarters. <laughs> yeah. And, and if he's not available, if he continues to yeah. get injured, he doesn't the injury have injury stuff is another problem. Yes. We, we do need to jump off a quarterback. I didn't want to go through the whole lit, but it's just, it, it overwhelms because it's the largest thing there. Trubisky the got released. Issue. Mason's scheduled to be a free agent. So we would like Mason to be back. There's obviously factors into that. He will probably be the least expensive, though, of most of the names that I mentioned and probably be the best fit for competition. Otherwise, it's not really a competition. And fields, you got to give up draft capital, et cetera. You've got other spots on this roster that are of concern. You've got other guys that have been released. Let's go straight to one that's really, really simple at the top, uh, top of this list, okay? Uh, your favorite, the BFP. The big, big fat, fat punter is gone. And the took, big fat punter is gone. It took long enough, Brian. And I mean, they had two guys on the 53-man roster to start. They brought Brad Wing in during the season. This was like the guy, like a lot of, a lot of people say it right. Like I, I was talking to, with one of my cousins, uh, Big Mike, okay? He's not the one that goes to the games with me, but we had a very long conversation about quarterbacks and then also punters. Most people are overlooking, like people are overlook punters. Don't spend a draft pick on a punter. Well, People are like seventh round pick. That's a bust. No, come on. I'm like, once you get past round like five and more, everything's a crapshoot. Most of these people are picking names out of a jar. So, yeah. uh, boom, a punt, 50 yards. And then you would have one that's 29, one is 30, and one is 31. We saw it in the Buffalo playoff game. It's absolutely killer. You can't do that. People talk about quarterback. But if you have Kenny or Mason that could throw a couple of touchdown passes, 250 some yards, and not give up the football. Like Justin Fields will kill you because he's giving up the football. Mitch Trubisky kills you because he gives up the football. Presley Harvin kills you because you have a net 20 yards. <laughs> like uh that's it's it's bad. So that's one we can move off of real quick. I didn't look, are there any veteran punters? I didn't really put it in. Brad Wing. Brad Wing did a, 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 a acceptable job. Bring him back in and then figure out what you're doing next year. And maybe right? somebody in camp. You know who's actually a free agent is Braden Mann, who was in the Steelers camp and won that second spot next to Harvin. Uh, but yeah, Harvin's numbers were just his net average and everything else went down. And it just, it was so radically inconsistent and people overlooked that, but it's just as much as you don't look at the kicker because Boswell is so steady. He's so yeah. automatic. He can kick from like 55. It's a weapon. It's a, it's a, a tool that a lot of teams struggle with. You got guys look at the Super Bowl. Like, dude misses and has the extra point blocked, low kick and yep. everything, and look what that did. That cost the 49ers, ultimately. Uh, uh, they're idiots. They shouldn't have 
they should have not taken the ball first. They're dumb. Yeah, it's you know what I. It's all this analytics stuff that people will defend too. And Dan Campbell got burned by it as well, just being overly aggressive and trusting too much in whatever percentages or whatever play was surefire. You know what? I've had pocket aces playing Texas Hold'em a number of times, and that's the best hand you could be dealt. Um, and you know, statistically, I should win, and I've lost. I could count as many times maybe I've lost with pocket aces because there's just too many other variety of factors that go into that. So punter, that's one. Um, it's it's good because we identify that these are guys that were already cut in the last one, and we're looking for maybe more trimming here. Offensive line is going to be interesting, my friend, because we've got Chooks core for gone. That was easy. That's like eight and yeah. a half million or whatever that um, that the Steelers recoup there. So uh, do they move Project Jones over to left tackle where they drafted him to originally be? They find if another they draft the right tackle. They do. Yeah, uh, I think, and I think they got to find. I don't think free agency nets a whole lot other than maybe depth. It, it's very lacking around the league. Does Mason yeah. Cole stick around? Uh, yeah. He's not a big. He's not a big. Well, would you rather have Mason Cole and bench him and be a backup center guard? Uh, because he was a guard, Nick came back over to play center again. What's, after. His, what's his cap number? Uh, he is at he's at six point two. He only no. sa he saves them four <laughs> point. Well, that's where it gets interesting, right? So, I mean, Dan Moore, you want a new left? You want a left tackle? You want Dan Moore? He's entering the final year of his rookie deal. He's somebody that could be a depth guy, but man, he's just so poor. It's just that Chooks was that much worse that they put Jones in there because they couldn't move more to the right. He has no position flexibility, uh, at least any confidence that the Steelers have has. Yeah. So he's limited there. Um, also looking on the offensive line, I'm not looking at Sumala or Daniels. Those guys are those guys are locked in, right? A core four saves them about 8.7. Um, I'm looking what at... Is, what is Herbig's number? That's where I was getting. Herbig is 5.4 and could save them four. Uh, right. on the cap i i keep herbig as my backup okay and my flex over mason cole all right and, really? and only even with I seven hundred thousand out of of dumping mason cole even uh, well i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you there but even with seven hundred thousand dollars difference in the dead cap just close enough i don't, I don't care that i've seen enough of, of the bad snaps and the and the the low snaps and all that crap i don't want it i don't want it i don't want it i don't want it <laughs> so how many offensive linemen are we willing to replace is the question. I don't think they're going to cut more outright. Uh, I could see them oh, no. doing I think more stays. Yeah. Unless like, I think more stays regardless, right? Here's what I, here's what I think that they have to look for a tackle that can play right tackle in the draft. You can probably find that guy third or fourth round. Maybe, maybe. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, they have to draft a center. They need to get back to strength in the middle of the line. Right, whether it's the kid from Oregon or the kid from West Virginia, they've got to they've got to somehow get one of those two guys, right, and 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 get a top level top tier center. If it's not one of those guys, and they see some magic guy out of some school that I don't know about, fine, I don't care. But you can't draft Kendrick Green again, right? You got to draft a guy who is a center and is going to be able to replace Mason Cole and can be a day one starter. That's the key there, right? I'm okay. You, you need to get Broderick Jones moved back over to left tackle. You need to get a right tackle that can be a consistent and, you know, productive yeah. right tackle. Yeah, I mean, Marcus Marcus Gilbert was a second-round pick, so we don't have yeah. to. 
it, the Kelvin Beecham's and Alejandro Villanueva's of the world were seventh round and undrafted free. So if you could at least beef up, you had two all pros when you had Pouncey and you had to Castro. I'm, I'm, I'm not drafting a quarterback early. This is nope. offensive line. And you don't have the luxury of last year with the three top 50 picks right now, unless there's some maneuvering yeah. or anything else that's done. Let me tell you, here's one other yeah. thing, Brian, too. Chooks core for people, even Kaboli said this. And I'm like, from the athletic, I'm like, why did they trade a core for this league is really needy or whatever. Okay. You and I Chooks is a bum. They need to get rid of them. Dan Moore is a bum. They need to get rid of them. Wait. Hey, other teams. He's not really a bum. Why don't you give us like give us a third a round, round pick? pick. Give us a third round pick. It no, don't work that. Happen. No, they think they're bums too and aren't going to trade. You're not getting anything for them. So I think there's going to be a lot of work still. Done. Unfortunately, I thought this was going to be the three-year process. I thought some of these guys, not everybody pans out, right? Even during right. that process before, Mike Adams and Kelvin Beecham were in the same draft. Mike Adams was a second-round pick out of Ohio State, a uh, very high second-round pick, and didn't work out as a left or He was actually a better right tackle, but Marcus Gilbert already had that, and it was like, say, Levy, you know what I mean? And it took them a while, and, and you have things that happen. Ramon Foster was an undrafted guy. Matt Filer, at one point, an undrafted guy. I was kind of wondering. There's been some rumblings, too, as to whether or not Mike Budchak, there was a little bit of that floating around, feelers that he might be interested in coming back to coach. And he, he made miracles with some of those guys, but he already had like some top-flight elite talent that was already on that line too you got to get some of those blue chippers back in there if you can get your line to have isaac strong center james daniels everything else and then will, jones yeah and then jones on one side or the other yeah right you're good you've got a good line again right I, we talked about this all season long. When you are weak in the middle, and we got tired of seeing Mason Cole get blown up, right? And on top of the bad snaps, right? When you are weak in the middle, it does not matter how strong you are at either guard position or at either tackle position. You've got a weakness up the center of the of that line, and that is a problem. They need to get strength in the middle of the line. I I, I said this. The year they drafted Kendrick Green, I was like, well, maybe, I don't know. We'll see. I wish they had gone earlier and gotten a, a more competent center. Mm. Creed Humphrey I, is what yeah. everybody still laments over Pat Fryermuth. But then I say, what do you do at the tight end spot? You're damned if you do, damned if you don't, I think. So. Well, I I, I, yeah, I love Pat Fryermuth, mm. right? I think he's, he's very good. He's got a lot of capabilities. He's got a lot of talent. The problem is he also is injury prone. Yes. He's been hurt too much. Right. And so, you know, that's that's a problem when you start to come and try to analyze, you know, options. And what do you do with him after his rookie contracts over? If you can't availability, right. Availability yep. is the best ability. And, and sometimes he's he's been less available than we'd like him to be. Yeah. But you don't have an option if you let him go right right now. So, you know, they, they've got. Yeah, issues. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's still kicking a can. There isn't any of the tight ends I'm looking to touch. You hit the nail on the head with the offensive line, and you still don't know how it works out. I mean, well, I don't know. You know, Pro, Pro Features, uh, their stupid mock draft simulator. I often get the guy, the number one, Brock, whatever his name is, down in the third round. So you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, we've talked about it. It's very rare for more than three centers to go top 100. Um, there are some that will go in the first round. Frazier like and Jackson Powers, whatever his name is. Yeah. Um, those two guys will go. And yeah. it's one of those two guys that I want. I, I, I'm going to tell you flat out, 
If they want the kid from Oregon, they're going to have to take him at 20. I don't think there's no way he's going to be there past when they when they draft in the second round. If they like the kid from from West Virginia, maybe they can get him in the second round, but they're not getting either one of them anywhere after that. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Steelers. Oh, I wish people. Let me see. I had the full NFL order. Brian, I'm going to have to sneeze here. I don't want to sneeze on camera. That could be. Well, I, I'm happy. I'll talk about uh, the center. Um, well, we don't need any more center talk. We know that centers. Uh, we we've identified that. Uh, let's talk about wide receivers. I think it went away. Okay. <laughs> uh, won't edit it out. We've got a receiver. A chance, one more huh? one more year left under his contract. Deontay Johnson. Uh, Ten million dollars cap savings. Fifteen point eight cap hit. And people are already talking about twenty eight years old. It's like. I I I think Deontay has a, a lot of of talent. I think Deontay has a lot of potential. Deontay annoys the crap out of me consistently and has since the yes. beginning of of his time with the Steelers. If if you can find a guy who's an upgrade, great. If you can't, you can't. Yeah, because he's not exactly – he might be – people are looking at just figures on this roster and not what it would take to replace him in this wide yeah. receiver market where Christian Kirk was making $84 million and Tyreek Hill breaks the bank. and, it's and just, A lot of people are like, oh, we'll sign Tyler Boyd. I've heard, I've seen Isn't he 31? From every team, every team out there, somebody's like, oh, they're going to steal Tyler Boyd from the Bengals. And I'm like, well, we everybody can't sign him. And if there's that much demand for him, it sure as hell ain't going to be us. <laughs> yeah. And, and not only that, but Tyler Boyd's got a pretty hefty contract. I think Tyler Boyd is either 30 or 31 where we say like the, the you know, the wide receivers fall off a cliff. Let me see here. Um, yeah, of course we don't have his number. Uh, yeah, he's 30. He's, he's entering. Uh, he was 29 for this last season. I don't know his exact birth date, but he's been a cap number. It's been about 10 million each year. He had an extension that was four years with the Bengals for 43 million dollars. He's not going to see that kind of money uh, any, any anymore in the NFL, I don't think. But somebody might take a stab one year rental or something. But are they going to give him 10 or 12? Look what OBJ got. I and mean, he's not got the same kind of panache to his name is more a great value brand kind of guy but I, I don't know how many holes are you going to make because you already got to fill one tackle you're looking at a center where are you going to get another wide receiver from because when i'm still looking at the skill position groups they have one more move that needs to be made and that's with alan robinson who has a cap number of close to 12 million dollars they're going to save 10 uh he's also 31 years of age they're not going to extend them I think this is going to be a straight up just it might be a catch release type thing, but they got Calvin Austin that's sitting there. Now, Calvin Austin, they're not ready to cut Robinson and Deontay Johnson and move Austin up into a starting role alongside George Pickens with the quarterback situation being the way it is and then add somebody else new to this mix or move up like a Callaway or Mims or something that's on one of these futures contracts, practice squad type player. That's just not going to happen. And the Steelers don't have enough picks in this draft. I was trying to see where else they pick at. I think 51 is the very next pick after pick 20, Brian. So 20 and 51. They only got one in the top 50. Uh, they find receivers. They got a new receivers coach. That's all fine and dandy, but did they, uh, did they hire a new receivers coach? Uh, yes, that's that Zach uh, Az, uh, Azini, Azani uh, that was working oh. as an assistant with, I believe, the Eagles. Uh, that Eagles connections there, and as well as Tom Arth. Uh, Tom Arth is a quarterbacks coach. 
They also still have Mike Sullivan as a quarterback's coach, and there was some talk as to whether one becomes a passing game or offensive quality control type whatever, but we don't know about that yet. Um, I, I really wanted them to try and sign Brian Hartline as third. Uh, that would have been an interesting I, – I, I wouldn't have been against that. He's done – an extremely well job with those Ohio State wide receivers and now Chip Kelly, the offensive coordinator there, which is going to be interesting as well. Jeez, oh man. I'm, I'm only a little bit excited. Yeah, that's tough. They're just going to throw up all <laughs> how's he is he going to operate the same as Ryan? How do they let's talk about that off air? I don't know yeah. how they operate in the same space, those aren't the same two philosophies, right? Chip Kelly's going to have you run 100 plays. Uh, that's why he's not in the NFL. Those guys are like. Somebody like Deontay Johnson making 15, 16 million a year is just like, take me out, coach, like every other play. It's just wearing everybody out and they get injured. But uh, yeah, uh, looking at some other players, defensive line, big looming question. Your man, one of your Valentines, Cameron Hayward, 22.4 million cap hit, 16 million in savings, age 35. Played with a torn groin for most of the season, was on injured reserve. We thought he was getting better every year and then all of a sudden father time comes in now brett kiesel played the lake 38 james harrison played the 40 it's not to say that cam can't but there is a business of football you sure as hell aren't making a stab at a kirk cousins or a russell wilson or anybody like that if you wanted to without freeing up some cap space you can't free up some cap space without getting rid of some of your higher dollar players you now create another hole on this defensive line can you throw betting out there sure somebody wants to throw larry okajobi under the bus here I don't. We're going to just lump them all in together here, Brian. I don't because right now, Larry Okajobi is going to cost you more to get rid of than to keep. He's a de 7 million dead cap, 6.2 cap savings, 13.2 cap number. Who else are you getting that's going to be able to fulfill that? He's 30 years old. Um, I'm not moving on from that uh, that position. It's not to say that they can't. I think it's a little riskier because now you've got to find somebody that's a better value or spread their contract out a little more into the future in order to find a suitable uh, comp or somebody like that, unless you're going to throw Benton out there and rely on Hayward. And now you're relying on depth of like Isaiah Loudermilk and we've all soured on DeMarvin Leal the, over this last year. He's just not been getting the time for whatever reason. Tomlin was asked about that at the very last presser and was kind of um, uh, noncommittal to saying anything one way or the other, which is usually not a good thing. When you come out and say, hey, we want to do business with Mason. I had an exit interview with Mason. It was good. What What was your exit interview like with Mitch Trubisky? Well, we haven't had a chance to talk to him just yet. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> or, so um, defensive line, those are some of the names of who stays, who goes. Uh, who do you bring I don't think Cam goes. I think that they will restructure Cam. Um, well, you if can't. anything, you they'll kick money down. They'll, they'll add void years yes. since that's a thing they do now. Um, they'll figure out a way to a way to keep Captain Cam in 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 the fold. And I I'm not I haven't given up on Cam still being very effective and defying Father Age, considering that we've learned that he tore that groin early and played with it and it was never 100% healed. Um, let him get back to being full full strength next season. Let's see what happens. Um, and maybe he'll be camable, but yeah, I mean, look, there is no, no one wins against father time. Eventually time will take its toll on any of us, except me. I, I continue to get better with age, yeah, um, yeah. Okay. but, but, <laughs> you know, at some point, you know, Cam's time will be done. There's no question about it. Um, I just don't think it's yet. I think they will kick his contract down the down down the road. They'll they'll restructure it. I think TJ probably gets restructured 
uh, and probably there's some other guys and some other magical weird maths with Omar Khan things that they do. <laughs> um, maths with Omar. Yeah, maths. That with would Omar. be an interesting segment, by the way. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think I also think you're right on Larry. If it's going to cost you more to dump a guy than it is to keep a guy, you keep a guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, your top your top five contracts are T.J. Watt. When it comes to cap number 30 million, Cam Hayward's next 22, uh, Micah Fitzpatrick 21, Deontay 15.8, edging on 16, Alex Highsmith edging on 14. Those are your top five Larry Ogajobi, Allen Robinson. They still have Chooks listed on here from over the cap, James Daniels, Isaac Somalo, and Patrick Peterson. Uh, it then goes down to like. Cole Holcomb, and then on down the line, we talked Mason Cole, Nate Herbig, Chris Boswell, Landon Roberts. Some guys uh, still under contract, some not. I do want to talk about the DBs because you know uh, Patrick Peterson is facing father time. Does he change? Does he have a position change? And if he does, who does that bump out? Demonte Casey could save the Steelers three million dollars. It's not a lot of money, but Demonte Casey's up there too. He's like thirty-one, uh, so I don't necessarily know that De- Demonte K- and. He's been fine. He hasn't been available, you know, um, maybe. And he hasn't even been looked at as the real starter, right? They had Keanu Neal out there, who I don't think is back either. Do you play Peterson as a free safety next to Mika? Do you flirt with that? Or do you play Peterson as like one of these big DBs that comes in as like a nickel or dime backer type situation lined up against tight ends, running backs, um, smart football player, let him roam a little bit and maybe bring back an Eric Rose also in his thirties. So, and, and as a free agent, um, I would bring Roe back. I thought Roe played, it was almost criminal that that guy made. I thought he played so well. It made me question why he was not on an NFL roster uh, toward the end of last season. He came in and, it, you know, he had to get on a moving train. He had to learn everything yeah. on the fly. And he was playing alongside guys like Elijah Riley, Trenton Thompson. He didn't always have Minka with him. It would have been nice to have seen if Minka was healthy, what Eric Rowe would have done. And as the same, likewise, with Peterson having to be forced into that kind of position because they only had so many available bodies. Uh, so I, I kind of wonder because Casey was kind of like one of those extra guys. The thing is, you're not going to keep P2 as an extra guy if he has a 6.8 cap uh, dead, um, savings, but an overall 9.7 cap hit. He's almost $10 million for this upcoming season. I know some of that Who was... Co- what, what's that? Who, who's Patrick 10 Peterson. Yeah, here's the thing. I don't think you can underplay how much Joey Porter has benefited from having Patrick Peterson on the team. Just as a mentor, as a guy to go to, as a support mechanism. And while I don't know that that's necessarily worth $10 million, I don't think I don't think I won't be surprised if Patrick Peterson gets cut, right? I won't be surprised if they look for savings there. I also won't be surprised if he doesn't. And they mm-hmm. They keep him as that kind of flex pair player as you're talking about. Look, I, I like DeMonte KZ, but DeMonte KZ has some Ryan Clark in him, and that guy doesn't work in the NFL anymore, right? Um, in the sense that you, you can't you can't be knocking guys' heads off. Um, and he he is going to have some liabilities. Plus, if I'm DeMonte KZ, I'm tired of playing that way. Because my checks aren't enough to cover my fines. Yeah, and, <laughs> that's true, you know, man. I, he, there's got to be adjustments there, and who knows how that impacts his game, right? 
I, I agree with you on Eric Rowe. I liked what Eric Rowe showed. But again, this is a guy who's fresh, who's who's come into the system, who didn't play all year. You never know, right? When a lot of those kind of things that happen, and it's like, oh wow, hey, great, Eric Rowe's going to be fantastic next year, and then next year comes along and he stinks. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't, you know, I'm willing to give him a shot for sure. Invite him into camp. Um, they they have work to do, well, they and there's going to be more people cut. There just has to be. Well, also the free agency list. I saved the DBs for last, and I know we're up against it to hammer through, but the scheduled free agents, in addition to what we just said about potential move with like Peterson, um, I, is Neil, Neil is still under contract from what I could tell, and Casey is too. Um, let me verify that. Yeah, Neil signed a two-year last year. He cost like chump change. But yeah. they've got Levi Wallace who I say he's gone. Uh, this is who who stays, who goes. So who could be back? Miles Killebrew, I think, as a special teamer, he's going to find just the right deal. He's been a ter- Terrell Austin favorite for a long time, too, and he could help. This is another one of these things in Intangible, Brian, like you said with Patrick Peterson, is these are veteran players. The Steelers don't have a lot of those type of guys and the guys that can help teach, too. And Killebrew's one of those guys. Uh, he can at least communicate. Uh, James Pierre and Shannon Sullivan are also on this list as well. That's a lot of defensive backs and or special teams contributions. A few of the other names that we didn't discuss, I I missed it during the defensive line, was Montrevious Adams, Marcus Mm -hmm. Golden as a reserve edge guy. You do have Herbick, so you could could fall back on. Armand Watts uh, was a decent contributor as well. And then some other guys that were kind of pulled in. Oh, Elijah Riley's on this list as well. But that's somebody they could, you know, uh, loop back in if they if they haven't already. I don't know. Uh, is he like a yeah restricted free agent or something like that? No, he's a UFA. Uh, over the, I'm reading off of overthecap.com, so if I'm wrong. And I think the only other the only headliner out of all of these, like you're not looking at Blake Martinez. Maybe Miles Boykin is like a a contributor. We already talked about Mason Rudolph, Godwin Egwabuke. Christian Kuntz, long snapper. I mean, that's always subjective stuff, right? The The biggest name that's left on this, I think, would be a Quan Alexander. Like, what are you going to do? You got a veteran leadership type guy. He's hitting age 30. He has had injury history. But Cole Holcomb's already been in that kind of position, too. You're hoping Cole Holcomb's 100%. Landon Roberts. These are all guys that were brought in with veteran presence. And they've got to just stack that as much. Or these freak accidents. I think in the case of Quan, it was one of these guys was friendly fire Holcomb or Quan were, and it's just, it's sad that they turns out to be that way. So we'll see what the business of football ends up turning out, but they got a lot of work to do in the secondary yeah. and a few reserve roles, either in free agency or the draft. Yeah, they, they definitely have a lot of work to do. They have work to do on the offensive line. Like you said, the free agent market for the offensive line, it's not great. I don't know how they're going to, what they, what they can do to help address it there. But they may find something. They may find a way, whether it's through some kind of a trade, whether it's something else. They've got to address it and shore it up, right? And that's going to be a combination of potentially free agents and draft. Um, I, I I would be a little nervous if we went into next season with a rookie center and a rookie right guard and a second-year left or not rookie right guard, rookie right tackle and a second year left tackle, right? That would make me a little nervous. <laughs> uh, it's been done before, though. So, I hope. yeah. I'm just saying, it would make me a little nervous. Doesn't mean it wouldn't work. I, I have I have faith in Broderick Jones, and, and I would I believe if they get the right center, 
that they're in good shape, right? And and I think that makes some of whatever his name is. You know, I still can't say his name. J, J, um, it's another I, JPJ. Yeah. No, no not the other Isaac. guy. Yeah, I know. I got to pull up the list, man. I don't have it in front of me. Like, I'm yeah. trying to, I can't even remember the quarterbacks in the draft outside of Bo Nix. It's Jackson Powers. For eight years I, I don't even try and say his last name because <laughs> I don't care. It's Jackson Powers, whatever his name is. Jackson um, Powers <laughs> Jackson. Jackson Powers Jackson. Is that what it is? I don't know. Johnson, call me Jackson, call me Johnson. I don't know who the hell you are. Um, anyway, that's why I keep saying the center from Oregon. <laughs> yes. That's, that's what he is. The center from Oregon. I'll learn his name if we draft him. Zach Frazier, I know the guy from West Virginia. That's fine. I got him. He's easy. That's an easy name. Um, I, I would like to see them pick one of those two guys up at, at center, but it's it's more like I, I have faith that Isaac and James Daniels are good in those positions, but they need that they need that that move in the middle, right? They need that move in the middle to solidify it, and then and then I'm in a lot better mindset they did mm -hmm. they have work to do this offseason and part of that's going to be freeing up space to try and add the right elements through free agency in the way that they can it won't i won't be stunned right if they think that the way their draft is going to fall is center is where they're headed at 20 and that means they miss out on a top tier cornerback that they may want to try and take to match with joey porter if they go after a top tier quarterback or cornerback in free agency, right? Won't surprise me. Won't surprise me if Omar Khan finds a way to get that money there so that they can go after a Sneed or somebody in that market, right? Who's going to be one of the top guys. Doesn't mean they're going to get them, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, it, 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 they're going to find a way. I have, I have faith that they're going to find a way to shore things up. And I, I will say this right now. <laughs> before we even start thinking about next year, that I am not, I don't believe that whatever they do is going to turn the Steelers into a Super Bowl contender next year, right? There's too many questions surrounding quarterback for me to believe that. And while it, you know, stranger things have happened, I, I believe we have at least one more year after that before maybe we're in that position fair enough i think it was a, a bump in the road it might have been closer if uh let's just say kenny stayed healthy or the thing that the thing with justin fields i'm gonna go back to that because we've been talking about offensive line uh, primarily offensive line secondary is going to be huge with this too uh for this offseason but a lot of people will say well the bears didn't have they had a terrible offensive line what, and what exactly do you think the steelers got you know what i mean so you can't really rule out kenny or Mason or anybody else based on that, but you're also going to bring fields into a situation. that's probably just as bad. My mind just explodes. By the way, the corner market are a bunch of like, there's proven dudes, but they're older, like Stefan Gilmore at the end of his uh, career, probably 34 years old. Adoree Jackson's 29. Kendall Fuller's 29. Michael Davis is 29. Kenny Moore's 29. Jadobi Awuzier is 29. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who got hurt, 27. Emmanuel Mosley, uh, 28. Steve Nelson's floating around out there at 31. Here's one I do like, Brian. Jeff Akuda, if the Falcons allow him to go 25 years of age, that's a guy that I would be looking at. And I think that's where you're going to have the Steelers probably looking as somebody that they scouted in the draft process. 
maybe even going deep the same thing with the offensive line in that regard. So we'll have some more of that. We'll look at some like different free agent targets, but free agency is not looking, you know, like super hot. I know somebody's going to go out there and say Jalen Johnson when it comes to the bears, right? And Jalen Johnson is probably going to have like a huge landmark type of deal. If that happened with the Steelers, I'd be tickled pink, but I don't know how many more top five or top 10 contracts you could add to this roster. Of course, cams is going to eventually expire and free up some money down the road. You don't know what's going to happen with quarterback that could take a chunk back out where you're saving money right now. So it's all like in balance. Deontay's is going to expire. So maybe you get maybe a guy, some by miracle, they sign somebody like that, that ends up being only three or 4 million against the cap this year, but is like 13 million in the next two, three years of the way they spread the bonuses and stuff out. So I'm not going to say it's impossible, but it's more than likely improbable, uh, all depending. And they are getting most of TJ's money out there out front too, I should say. So that's been one of the good things. So the less they have to restructure or take hits or add void years or anything like that, we don't want to end up in the same situation they were in with like an aging Ben Roethlisberger and his contract oh, still yeah. tolling for a couple years. They were still paying Polamalu a couple years. They were paying Woodley uh, when Woodley didn't work out. Heath Miller. Uh, Aren't and- we still paying Lamar Woodley? I thought I thought we were still paying Lamar Woodley. But it felt it, like we were paying Lamar Woodley for 15 years after he retired. He's got he's got the Bobby Bonilla contract. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was three years uh, that they were that beyond, and they were finally able to get up out from under that. He made. Uh, they talk about Steelers or Rooney's or whatever being cheap, and that's just not the case. He was one of the highest paid players or highest paid uh, defensive contract maybe at that time, and definitely a landmark for the Steelers. But uh, some more things we'll be co- we'll be coming up with over the course of the next uh, a few weeks and off season. We're gonna have to do some report cards because we talked about some of the guys that are gonna be going, but why might they be going? Why are we looking at you know we talked about some of the guys that did poorly. Let's talk about some of the guys that may still be on the edge or um or had a good season <laughs> excuse there's me there's the sneeze oh it finally came out man and apologies apologies uh i couldn't help it couldn't help it. i dusted around here it shouldn't be like that <laughs> I, by the way i want an apology about or, my room uh we just have a different camera angle right now did you insult no we don't i cleaned it i cleaned everything up it's it, all it, i told you i was in process and now it's all clean. See, look, not nothing on it. It's like all good. It's beautiful. It's pretty. I got my nice little curtains. I have another set of curtains that, that say Steel City Underground on them too. Yeah, they're co- um, those are covering like that's covering the mess. You've done no, well job my with closet that, but because I don't, I, the t- there's a TV in there and I just cover it up because it looks dumb. Mm, gotcha. Well, we want to see the helmets again, dude. Got to have like helmets the, are all stacked in there too. Yeah, you got It's a work in progress. It's okay. I ignored I, it. I, I didn't say anything. I didn't question it. You know, no, like, you, no, you just insulted me on the, the last time I was on the podcast. Like, oh, Brian's room is a sloppy that mess. Was like two <laughs> weeks ago. I'm surprised you could even remember that. So anyways, folks, <laughs> with, with that said, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. <laughs> Leave us a rating or review wherever you're watching or listening from. Thanks for tuning in. Longer shows sometimes, but at least once a week here through the off season. I don't know how some of these guys are come, drumming up uh, things to talk about every single day. There's not enough things to talk about every single day in Steelers land. We're lucky if we pile enough of them up uh, for a week. So uh, myself and Flash, we're going to jump on earlier this week. We were going to do Monday or whatever, and it didn't happen. 
and then the Trubisky core four and Harvin news landed. I'm like, that's always like the danger. And we're right here on a Friday before the four o'clock news dump for the weekend. So cross your fingers, knock on wood that we, uh, we may have more things to talk about, but we'll cover them next week. If that be the case, hopefully it doesn't invalidate anything. We said, go back and watch some of the previous shows. If you haven't caught those lots of good info that are still there, that's still there for you. Uh, and I'll do it for us. My name's Joe. His name's Brian. Till next time, folks, we encourage everyone out there to be safe, be good, and we'll catch you later. We would like to thank you for listening and remind our listeners to follow us on social media and our website, www.steelcityunderground.com.